welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And I'm Quill. And I'm Embry. And we are just making fun of the fact that Bella is getting riding lessons from Jacob. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Emily, where the hell have you been, Loka? I hate you so much for that. I did write that down in my notes, though, because I literally said, this is the famous B-W-T-H-H-Y-B-L scene. (laughs) I didn't even know that it was famous. I was thinking about just what goes on in these two chapters as I was driving today. Just Just a quick forward to what we're going to talk about. I have literally no memory of any of this. So it just made me think that I didn't know any of this happened. And front of the pod, Remy sent us a t-shirt that has Jacob with long hair on it that says, Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? And I thought it was just just funniness on a t-shirt. But then I as Twilight was put onto Netflix, I started seeing more and more memes that said that. And I was like, oh, wait, is that like a quote from the movie or something? And then I saw a clip of it and I'm obsessed with it. I I love it so much. I say that all the time now. I know. I wish it was canon. I guess it's movie canon, but I wish they said it in the book or he said it, I guess. Honestly, I could 100% seeing canon Jacob saying it. Yeah, me too. I want to know who came up with that line. Like, was it the director or the scriptwriter or the actor? Who knows? I don't know enough about Taylor Lautner, but my heart wants it to be him. You know, my heart is telling me that we don't fucks with Taylor Lautner because Chris White, who is the director of New Moon, um, basically recast some people after Twilight that like it was just some of the Quileutes because he wanted all the actors playing Quileutes to be of native descent and rumor has it that Taylor Lautner like said that he does but if he does it's extremely distant and this man's is white yeah I was gonna say it sounds like a oh well I'm a 136th indigenous kind of thing yeah I think that's pretty much what it what it came out to also is he alive like you know it's not my business actors can live their personal lives but I'm like literally where the hell has he been Loka he did Twilight and then he yeeted himself off this planet I'm trying to think of anything else he's been in besides Sharkboy and Lava Girl (laughs) he was at Valentine's Day during when Twilight was coming out he was dating Taylor Swift in that movie I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> it's a classic. You should watch it. <laughs> um, I just, I, it's, no, I'm thinking of um, Dear John. I think that's Channing Tatum. <laughs> Literally not even close. <laughs> Anyways. What are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Well, To change the subject to something more fun, um, I got something today that I've heard a lot, a lot of hype about, and I finally tried one for myself, and I do get to say it lives up. What is it? Costco rotisserie chicken. I really, really want to try that. I don't have a Costco membership, so that might be a bit of a deterrent, but 
my mom has a Sam's one and they have really good rotisserie chicken. You know, I haven't had one of those in so long. I, it would be kind of weird for me to buy one because it's just me, you know. But. What do you fucking think I did, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have roommates that might eat some. Okay. My person that ever stays with me is my boyfriend and he's a vegetarian. I'm going to paint you a picture of what I've been doing all day. So I got home. I unpacked everything from Costco. All I had to get was laundry detergent. And I spent $186. You know, it do be like that. Um, but I knew I wanted to get a rotisserie chicken. I I already knew. They cost $5. $5. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I spent $186. That's besides the point. Um, I brought it home, unpacked everything, put it on the counter, and then I ate it like a crow. I just picked pieces off, and I I can't even describe. It was so good and buttery. I just kept tearing little pieces off and eating it and, like, holding it over my mouth like, like someone feeding me grapes almost, like... It was so good. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough for now. Put the cat back on. And then I'm like, oh, unload the dishwasher. Oh, reward myself with another hunk of rotisserie chicken. I've just been eating it with my hands like a caveman. I feel primal. I feel strong. I feel full of buttery chicken. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this idea. I love it so much. I'm going to do it. Um, I was literally just having this conversation the other day, and forgive me if I've already said this on the pod because I only have, like, three personality traits, but one of them is that I fucking love crows. I love crows. So when you said that, I was like, ah. I was, like, literally having this conversation two days ago. They're really interesting. Have you seen Parks and Rec at all? No. Okay, well, fans of Parks and Rec will know. And fans of me will know that my favorite Parks and Rec quote of all time, I want to get it tattooed on my body. It is so funny. My favorite character, April Ludgate, is in it. So her and Ron, who's like the guy, the very like stoic mustache guy, um, they go to this like, it's called Food and Stuff. It's a store that sells food and stuff. And he's buying beef to make hamburgers. And April's there, and she's, like, spooky, you know? She's, like, like kind of alt, you know, monotone. And he's buying the beef, and she walks up holding two fake plastic crows. And she goes, can I get these? And he goes, how much are they? And she goes, $2 each. And he goes, yeah, throw them in. And she literally just throws them onto the checkout counter, and they just fall over the ground beef. And the lady at the ca- the who's the cashier, she goes, "Are you guys getting anything else?" And Ron goes, "Nope, just the crows and the beef." And I am obsessed with it. It's so funny. I'll send you a clip of it once we're done. But I saw I watched it to literally today, like a couple hours ago, and it just made my day. I love that. It sounds like all I need in life, just crows and beef. Don't <laughs> <laughs> take that any type of way, or do I don't give a shit. I have one last thing before we cover the actual topic we're here to talk about. If any of our listeners take pre-workout, call me. I, I'm curious, not because I want to work out, but because I want to stop falling asleep every day at 2 p.m. Today at like 8 a.m., 
<laughs> the only other person that was in the office with me at work like went to the bathroom or something and I was like this is my chance and I literally fell asleep for like the two minutes that she was in the bathroom and then when I heard her coming back in I sat up I'm desperate you guys I need help I am drinking as much coffee as I can it's not working somebody tell me I'm gonna offer the solution nicotine I don't think that's a good idea I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said it was a solution. I feel like pre-workout might be about as healthy for your body as nicotine is, honestly. So anyways, point being, I want to know if it'll kill me if I start taking it not to work out. I know I could Google it, but I'd rather hear from y'all. Um, My old roommate, Millie, does, not that she does pre-workout, it makes it sound like it's a drug, but she takes pre-workout when she works out. So if you want to get in touch with her, she'll give you the scoop. All right. I might just do that. Message the Tron chats for cats right now and just make everyone else listen to our conversation. For the listeners, Emily, my old roommate Millie, and about 36 other strangers are all a part of a Snapchat group called Chats for Cats, where we just send photos of our cats. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. I I don't I know about maybe seven percent of the people on that but we're all friends like everyone is very nice to each other I know some of the cats names like not everyone posts all the time but I like I recognize the cats like oh oh it's chaos's birthday today oh so cute oh it's pepsi's birthday today happy birthday pepsi like I it's just all very cute There is a grandmotherly type in the group, too, who has a spreadsheet with all the owners and their pets' names. It's amazing. She is the mother of two other people in the chat. You have to love that for us. I mean, come on. And no, you can't join. We're at max. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of sad. But but if there's an opening, just shoot us a message and we'll put you on the wait list. (laughs) The wait list. Maybe our listeners should start their own chats for whatever. Wouldn't even have to be cats. Y'all can do whatever you want. Feel free to do it in the comments section on any of our posts ever. I don't care. All right. Well, we read two chapters of New Moon this week. Cheating and Friends. What did you think of these chapters? Okay, so first of all, I think I was kind of right in my predictions. There was some cheating, some breaking of the rules. I was correct in that. I didn't predict the right person. Although I did think that there was going to be some breaking of some set boundaries. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I literally remember none of this from the movie when we watched it. And if you made me guess, or if you said, Paige, put 25 things on your new moon bingo card to happen in new moon, it would be a thousand years from now until I wrote, Bella Swan gets two motorcycles just for fun, just to ride around. I would have never guessed that. That was shocking, but I love it. I love it for her. I'm pro it. Also, I, so far, I kind of love Jacob. He's just really cute. And I don't, I'm sure things will change, but so far he's just like a really wholesome guy. And I'm really, I'm really happy that he's in Bella's life right now. Yeah, you and me both just don't get too attached. <laughs> I know. I, with anything in this book, I'm 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 feeling like a little wary, but I will appreciate it now while I can. 
That's fair. Do you think it would be good asthma for me to just eat almonds while I cover the, these two chapters? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay, that's fair. You introduced me to ASMR in high school because you always called it asthma. I still do. <laughs> you reminded me. And when ASMR videos started to become a thing, I heard someone say it and I was like, oh, what's that? And then they kind of described it to me and I, I watched a video and I was like, wait, like asthma? And they're like, no, like ASMR. It's like the letters that stand for it. And I was like, I thought it was asthma, but apparently it's ASMR. God, I'm sorry to have misled you. I'm turning into my dad. He used to like tell us lies when we were kids, me and my sister, because A, he wanted us to, like he wanted to get a result out of them, or B, he thought it was funny. Like one of them is that he told us in our window wells were um, softball-sized spiders so that we wouldn't go in there because he just didn't want us to go in the window well. And so, like, we believed them, and we discovered later on that they were not true. And so now I'm doing this to you. <laughs> I just think it's funny, asthma. Um, my dad is a similar way in that he loves to be just absolutely ridiculous but very serious about it, so it seems real. And one time when my sister was very little, she – ran she ran up to my mom who was I don't know upstairs watching tv and she was like mom dad said that I used to drink milk out of your boobs completely shocked about it like can you believe what dad said to me and my mom was like no that that's real and my four-year-old sister's brain exploded like did did not believe that it was true nothing my dad ever says is true like that but surprise, that is a normal human function. I love that just on a random Saturday, he was like, I'm going to talk about breastfeeding with my four-year-old. Who I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go with this shit again. I'm just kidding. So, chapter five, Cheater, starts out with Bella and Mike working at Mike's parents' sporting goods shop. And... The long and short of it is there's these two backpacker hiker guys there and they are talking about one of them is saying that he saw a giant bear and the other one's making fun of him. I love also that Mike is like using this as a sales pitch. He's such a used car salesman. <laughs> he, like um, one of them asks, have there been any warnings around here recently about black bears? No, sir, but it's always good to keep your distance and store your food correctly. Have you seen the new bear safe canisters? They only weigh two pounds. <laughs> I love that Bella's like, I'm out. <laughs> it's a very, I don't know, just Mike really does strike me as a small town guy. Like, he's just, he, I don't know. I just, he just like, he works at the, at the, the local REI. I know it's not an REI, but basically REI. And he just inherited his parents' business and he's really into just like backwoodsy hiking, being outside kind of stuff. And he just strikes me as a small town guy. He really is. Yeah. And his parents have raised him to do this, like sell this shit. Yeah. When I read this first part, we, we get a little more clarification, clarification more or less um, a little bit later. But what I am, 
immediately thought was like, oh, there's a bear really close to town. I wonder if that's because bears are Emmett's favorite food and the Cullens had always tried to be a little wary as to what they hunted and try and hunt predators and like be conscientious of how they were affecting the ecosystem. So I was like, maybe because the Cullens left, the bears are now more prevalent because they're not eating as many bears. But as it turns out, that's not what's going on. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was going to drag Stephanie for this and I still might, but it kind of comes later when Angela's talking about it. So I guess I'll come back to this to the subject then. But anyways, after Bella leaves work, she just kind of drives around and lets her depression consume her. She's thinking about her nightmare that she has every single night where she realizes that she's searching in the woods for nothing. And she pulls over to the side of the road. And I just want to say, hold on, this is not necessary at all, but way back on page... 121. Where is it? Oh, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer is describing one of the hiker guys, and she says, The second man was tall and lean, his face tanned and wind whipped into an impressive leathery crust. And my note for this was, Was the word crust really necessary? Really? Later, she describes the same guy as Leatherface, which is a Scooby-Doo villain. I just want to put it out there. <laughs> so weird. This is like unintentionally rude to hikers. And then you know I don't fuck with hikers. I'm just kidding. However, I am going to say this is realistic. As someone who works, I'm assuming Bella is making close to minimum wage at this job. As someone who works a similar job, all day I judge customers all day I'm sorry I do it I have nothing better to do than judge the people who are making me do my job so I will think in my head like hmm, that's an interesting crust you have on your leathery face <laughs> that's hilarious I used to do that too when I worked like uh, food service what but the thing I would do is just give them fake offensive names in my brain not even offensive normal human names but I'd be like what does fucking Deborah want now or whatever you know <laughs> Another thing I like to do is if there's a group of people and one person in the group is being particularly mean or not even mean, just like not being considerate or kind, just kind of being a little cold, I'll give them just a smaller serving than I do everyone else. Just so maybe when they get back to hanging out, they'll be like, wow, my burrito is way smaller than your guys's. It's like, well. Maybe you should have looked up from your phone for the 15 seconds it took for you to order your food. Damn, that's savage. I love that. <laughs> Anyways, going back to what I was literally in the middle of saying, Bella pulls over so that she can kind of, you know, just think about what's making her sad. And this makes me sad. I'm on page 124. It's like really messed up how she says, um, you know, like, I would be able to look back on these few short months that would always be the best of my life. And then later on, she says, I, I was sure that I would feel grateful for as much time as he'd given me, more than I'd asked for, more than I deserved. There's so many things wrong with this picture. First of all, you do not know. That's the whole thing. You don't know what are going to be the best days of your life. Like, there's always more coming. 
that's why you got to stay alive to see it. And I say that as someone who had to learn that myself. You know what I mean? So I, it just makes me sad that she's like always like, you don't know that. And also, she deserved way better than that fucking crusty ass Edward Cullen. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you if you feel like like you don't deserve something, like you should never feel that you don't deserve something in a relationship or just being in the relationship you don't deserve it like being in a relationship is equal parts you know you give and you get like you deserve everything that the other person deserves too because you should be kind of on equal playing fields here if 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 you're giving him everything and like you deserve nothing back I don't know it's just like I don't like it I don't like that that's what she thinks this relationship was that like he was amazing and that she didn't deserve any of what he was. Also something that seems really dumb and obvious, but that helped me recently is I was having one of those days, you know, with your anxiety where like, where you're like, everyone in my life actually hates me and they're just pretending to like me because they feel bad for me. And I told Jacob that, and he was like, well, if that was true, I just simply wouldn't date you. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> that's true. So I don't know. It's like a dumb piece of advice, but just remember that, folks. Yeah, I do got to say there's been a lot of a lot of dates that I've went on where it's like I'm not interested. And guess what? We never dated. Like it just never, never was in the cards because guess what? I definitely wasn't interested. Maybe they weren't interested, too. Just never happened. So people aren't going to build, well, maybe some, like, trash, horrible people. But, like, the vast majority of people are not going to build an entire relationship on, well, I this is actually all fake. Yeah, especially if it's the reason is pity. Like, most people don't have time for that shit. No, no one has time for that. And it just comes back to Bella because I feel like, she almost has an element of that, too. She was like, he was with me even though I was terrible. Like, a little bit of, like, pity in there. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it feels as illogical as what I was saying, you know? I I feel like when you're 17 and you... Well, sorry. When you're 18 and you've just had your heart broken, all logic goes out the window. I agree, but I also feel like she thought this before they broke up, and I'm like, that's not good. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. This was, I mean, from how we know Bella views herself and talks about herself, it's very clear that she she doesn't think that the two of them are on equal playing fields in this sort of relationship. Yep. This leads me to... A non-important, but to me important point that I think we need to talk about. Boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, is named Jacob. Mm -hmm. And a main team in this book is Team Jacob. What are your thoughts? You know, this is going to sound like bullshit, but it's like they're two different names. (laughs) Like, I know that Jacob Black is exists but it's just like totally different picture in my brain than the person I'm dating you know what I mean what what are his thoughts on sharing almost the same name I don't know you'd have to ask him yourself maybe we'll have him on he's so salty that Danny's been on and he hasn't 
<laughs> like she'd be our next guest star. Oh my gosh, that would be fun. That would be fun. It would be fun, yeah. We'll see. Stay tuned, listeners. Stay tuned. <sighs> just when Bella's down in the dumps like this, I'm like, I just don't even want to. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even want to. <laughs> okay. So Bella decides after all of this reflection that she is going to break her promise to Edward where she said that she was not going to do anything reckless or stupid and she's going to be as reckless and stupid as possible. I'm giving her some snaps because she deserves this. Not that she not that she deserves it like that she's in some kind of bind where she deserves to break free, but like she owes it to herself to try and separate from things and do something a little out of her comfort zone and I feel like if she does in her mind break the rules, it would help her get over things and maybe break free from it all. I agree. I just don't know if this is the most sensible way to do it. No, I 100% don't think it is, but it definitely, it makes sense that someone who like has never done anything this kind of wacky, wackadoodle, crazy, uh, decides that like, if I'm going to break the rules, I'm just going to, I'm going to go as big as possible. I can't even walk without tripping over my own feet, but yes, two motorcycles. That's what I need. Like it definitely like, it just seems accurate to me that this would be the crazy thing that someone like this would decide to do to just go big or go home. Yeah, that's true. Not relevant at all, but you are the only other person besides my dad that says wackadoodle. I think it's the second time I've said it today. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's a great word. We should all we should all work it into our vernacular. Mm-hmm. So, as Bella is having or making this decision, she notices that there are two motorcycles leaning up against this classmate of hers house or garage or whatever the fuck mailbox. And she decides to go get them. So she goes and knocks on their door and it's the younger brother. And it's so funny that he's like, you want these? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm trying to picture how horrible they must be looking for him to have this reaction. You know, Bella knows absolutely nothing about mechanical this or that. So I feel like a lot of things could pass her by without notice but how bad do these bikes have to be for him to be like, they don't work? Like, are, are you sure they? this is going to be a loss for you? Yeah. Yeah, true. Also, I know that they probably were like, just because of gender norms, in Stephanie's mind, they were probably just their dad's two bikes. But I like to believe that their mom's a biker chick and she rode this one of these around too. <laughs> Anyways. Also... I am absolutely living for this mechanic who for some reason gets a name and is too expensive in a fucking small town. I love that he's like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm going to keep my prices high. You can you can do business business with me or you can not. It's up to you. I fucking love him. Good luck driving to Laporte with your piece of trash broken car, bitch. <laughs> I'm so dead that you just said Laporte. <laughs> Not the same. 
It's Love Push and poor Angelus. Lepore is, is a city very close to where I live. <laughs> what? How is it spelled? L-A-P-O-R-T-E. I am shook that a town is named that. Yeah. No, I was thinking Port Angeles, and I was also thinking La Push, and I combined the two. I feel like it has to have an accent over the E, like La Porte. La Porte. <laughs> God. Okay. So... Anyways, Bella gets this inspiration to go see Jacob Black because she knows that he can fix these bikes for her. And um, so she calls Charlie to let him know that she's going to go see him, but she doesn't want Charlie to find out about these bikes because he would blow a gasket, understandably. And um, so she drives up there and she knows that she kind of has to hurry so that Charlie doesn't, um, you know, come up there and discover what they're up to. So then we have the whole... Bella, where the, where the hell have you been, Loka scene? <laughs> he's just really excited to see her. He's grown a lot. He's like, what does he say? Six five. That's terrifying. And then, you know, they go greet Billy. And yeah, then they go out to the garage. Jacob is building um, a 1986, rebuilding basically, a 1986 Volkswagen Rabbit. This is the famous car that I told this story like in Twilight, I think, where I was like, driving with my parents and I was like oh look at that rabbit like not being a car person and my dad was like I'm sorry what the fuck I when I read the word rabbit that is I immediately thought of that I'm like we're finally at the rabbit <laughs> the rabbit has arrived <laughs> um okay let's see I'm trying to see what's relevant here um the good thing about being in the garage is that well, I don't know, this is kind of bad to say, but, like, they don't have to hide the bikes at all because Billy can't get out there in his wheelchair. Um, and it's so funny. I guess I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but um, Jacob just has no qualms about this at all because Bella is, like, expecting him to be like, nah, I don't know about this, especially when she's like, Charlie cannot find out, therefore Billy cannot find out. And Jacob's like, all right, <laughs> like, he's just chilling. Um, also, this chapter's so weird. It, I feel like it kind of ends in a weird place. I feel like it almost just should have been part of the next chapter. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it's kind of, like, ominous, almost. Like, the way that it ends, it's like, can we just, like, why do we have to stop here? I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Before we get to that, though, I'm just skipping all around today, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm hanging by a thread. Okay. So Bella makes this comment about, well, first Jacob warns her, like, this is probably going to be, like, an expensive thing because, like, they need a lot of work. And Bella, <laughs> Bella says, I've got some money saved. College fund, you know. And then to herself, she thinks, college schmallage, I thought to myself. It wasn't like I'd saved up enough to go anywhere special. And besides, I had no desire to leave Forks anyways. What was, what difference would it make if I skimmed a little bit off the top? So that just answers a question that we were talking about last week, which I had totally forgotten she even addressed. But she's like, I'm not going to college. Don't like it. I, I Look, if it's your money that you saved away, you're free to spend it the way that you want. However, I'm thinking of Bella's long term here, and I'm also looking at myself. I have stopped allowing myself to spend 200 plus dollars 
on something, I'm like, this is my new hobby. Because I am not going to be interested in it, like, four weeks from now. I get, like, a hyper fixation on it that I gotta do it, and then I don't, I'm, if, at that time next year, I haven't even thought about it in eight months. Like, girl, you save that money for something better. I don't know if the motorcycles are what this money is good for. Just save it for something better. I think that that's what's good for you. Yeah, I agree. And we know that Renee has that problem majorly. So maybe she like has inherited that a little bit from Renee too. Yeah, it's definitely possible. But I feel like Bella is, she's just at this point willing to risk. I feel like to her, it's not even a risk. Like, she's just willing to do anything to, like, ride the high that she's feeling right now. Yeah, totally agree. Speaking of hobbies, you know what I really want to get back into that I was a slut for when I was a kid? Um, ooh, perler beads. No, I never did those. Although I did make pot holders, which was pretty fun. But what I'm thinking of now specifically is those fucking felt posters you could get at Michael's. Just color in. Those were lit. I want to get some of those. The black with the white that you colored in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing Lisa Frank specifically. Yeah, they had some Lisa Frank ones. Then they had some like horse ones, which you know I was into because I was a horse girl. I love that for Ron and Lisa, my parents, because like I would get so excited when they would buy me one of those, and they're probably like five dollars, and my parents are like. Hell yeah. She's happy and she won't talk to us for like a couple days. They were so soft. I would put them up in my room. It's like art. Instant art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it was so easy to stay inside the lines because you could literally color into the black felt and it would be fine. Which was great for a person like me who does not do art. Anyways. I don't know what made me think of that, but here we are. So, Yeah. As Paige was kind of saying earlier, this chapter ends on kind of an ominous note. So I'll just read the last paragraph. As we skulked, what a great word, skulk. As we skulked back to the makeshift garage, I contemplated my luck. Only a teenage boy would agree to this, deceiving both our parents while repairing dangerous vehicles using money meant for my college education. He didn't see anything wrong with that picture. Jacob was a gift from the gods. End of chapter. (laughs) Okay. I, um, I just, Bella is so, this, this paragraph is so reckless for Bella, you know, like, like I said earlier, if any of this was on my new moon bingo card, I would have never, never marked it off. I would have never thought that any of this was going to happen. It's just so uncharacteristic of her, but I really feel like she is, she is vying for something. Like she needs that attention and she needs something to take her mind away from where it's been for the last four months five months that like spending money sure fine going against what our parents want sure fine as long as I'm not in my mindset like that is what I need right now so please distract me it's just it's uncharacteristic and unhealthy but I'm not surprised you know I would kind of support it if it weren't all for the end goal, which she brings up later, to get more hallucinations of Edward. Because ultimately, that's just going to get her back to the same vicious cycle that she's been in. Like, it's not going to help things, which I totally understand the temptation and, like, 
I'm not, you know, knocking her for it, but I'm like, I feel like I'd be, I'd be down for this. It's kind of the equivalent of like getting a haircut after a breakup. She's just going a little bit more extreme, but unfortunately it's so that she can still think about Edward. What if, what if I were to pick up from this point and rewrite New Moon, the ending where Bella actually falls in love with motorcycles and then she finishes high school and then becomes a biker chick and then falls in love with Angela and then they run away together. I would 100% read that, write it tomorrow. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Stay tuned, everyone, stay tuned. We'll sell those along with um, my felt posters. Copies of Paige's new moon. I'm picturing us at the farmer's market. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Selling smut and felt. (laughs) What more could you need? Okay, did you have anything from chapter five that we didn't go over? No, but I sure do got a lot to say about chapter six. All right, here we go. Um, Where was I going to? Page 139. Okay, so. The chapter, the next chapter just starts right where the last one left off because the last one shouldn't have ended and it was fucking awkward. So um, they're sitting in the garage and Jacob starts working on the bikes immediately and he's just kind of talking and Bella's noticing that like, you know, she doesn't have to pretend to be um, interested. Like she actually is genuinely interested in what Jacob has to say. And he um, tells her about his two best friends who are named Quill and Embry and then they show up. So Quill is quite the character, like, he's, like, puffing out his chest and he's, like, trying to, like, do a, a firm handshake. And then Embry's, like, clearly very shy. So it's just funny that, like, this friend group kind of has a little bit of everything. Because Jacob is, like, totally an extrovert, but he's also, like, very kind. So it's just like, it's just a good mix. Yeah, I can fully see this group of guys in high school, like, some loud, some quiet, but, like, just being rowdy all around and like ragging on each other and just like being like having a lot of like physical fun. I can 100% see this group of guys for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they make me happy. Um, so they're obviously very like, I don't want to say suspicious, but like curious in a funny sort of way about why Bella's there. And Jacob explains that they're going to be fixing up these bikes. And Bella says a very sexist thing where she says, many of the words they used were unfamiliar to me. And I figured I'd have to have a Y chromosome to really understand the excitement. Nope, it's not how life works. You don't have to have a Y chromosome to do literally anything or an X chromosome for that matter. People can like things, even if they are non-binary. The note that I wrote for this was, because I'm dumb girl can't understand car. Yes, totally. And let me be very clear. I don't understand cars, but that's just because I'm stupid. I it's not I'm not always making comments about how I don't understand cars or mechanics because I'm like, I'm a girl. I need someone to do it for. I just literally cannot. (laughs) I'm just dumb. Like the thing is, is that when you have an interest in something, you can talk about that thing. Like, Danny knows enough about cars to carry conversation, I would say. He's not interested in cars, but, I mean, he 
he can kind of talk about it. I'm not interested in cars at all. Can't talk about anything about cars. We're both very interested in Avatar The Last Airbender, and we can talk about that for four straight hours. You know, like, doesn't matter what your gender is, doesn't matter what the thing is. If you have an interest in the thing, that's when you will be able to have a conversation about the thing. Doesn't matter who you are, all that matters is that you care. Right. The moral of this speech that Paige and I are giving is that you can be into whatever you want and don't let anyone enforce antiquated gender stereotypes onto you. Correct. Like, in college, I still kind of am, but I don't have cable, so I can't really watch it that much. But I was really into hockey in college, and I was always getting people who were like, name five players on the team. And then I would name, like, the entire roster. And it's like, grow up! Like, this book was written in 2008, so maybe she wouldn't get away with this line nowadays. But you know what? She probably would. Oh, you like the L.A. Sharks? Name five of their albums. (laughs) L.A. Sharks. Is that... Remember the thing where you were, like, Mariners? Remember that? That was so funny. Remember? And that was... Okay. Did you see how excited I was to talk about that little bit? You know why? Because... I'm interested in talking about Stephanie Meyer being dumb, but joke's on me. (laughs) I'm the dumb one. You're not dumb. I'm cutting all this out because I feel bad for laughing at you (laughs) as we're saying LA Sharks. San Jose, you're close. Right state. LA is the Kings. So both very short, one syllable, plural item. I think that you should leave the LA Sharks in and we should just like jump back in. And just have you be like, just by the way, just so you know. <laughs> no, I think we should just leave it. <laughs> I genuinely thought, because I know that they're from California, because I had an old coworker who um, was from somewhere in California, and he was a big Sharks fan. He would always talk about it. So I know that they're from California. I just assumed L.A. It's a safe assumption to make. It's the biggest town out there. I don't watch sport. That's fine. You don't have to. And it's not because you're a female and you're not allowed to be into sports. It's just because I don't care. (laughs) All right. Well, Bella realizes that she has to go back home before Charlie gets suspicious. And you know what? Let's talk about it now. I was going to bring it up later, but Jacob and Bella have this conversation a little later on about how Quill, quote-unquote, Quill is too young for her. And I just want to say, like, I know Bella's really happy. I know this is, like, the first time in a long time she's felt, like, you know, alive and, like, that she didn't have to force it. And she she makes this whole speech about how Jacob is, like, his own little son, S-U-N. But it's she is kind of, she, she's kind of she, she leading him on a little bit. She literally hangs out with him three days in a row after not like talking to him for what, almost a year. Cause the last time we saw him was at her prom and it's January right now. So I don't know. I just, I feel bad a little bit. It makes me feel a little squirmy. I mean, is she not interested in him? At this point, no, which will become very clear soon. See, I got the vibe from this chapter that, like, even if she wasn't, like, explicitly saying it even to herself that she was interested, that, like, her heart was pulling her in that direction. Because I've definitely been there where it's, like, like, 
it's I've I've spent time with the person and it isn't until like many days later and realizing like oh wow like this person makes me feel really happy like I think I actually have feelings for them but I mean like you said we got we got more to come so maybe maybe I'm just like putting my own interpretation onto it but from what I read I just thought that she was even though she wasn't acknowledging it or maybe even knew it herself that she was starting to maybe have feelings for him yeah um yeah I think you know it's it's a hard line to walk and it's hard to talk about because it is like fair for girls and guys to spend time together and for girls to spend time with guys and not have like this expectation on either of their sides that it has to be romantic and so I'm not saying that I'm just saying that like it goes from zero to 100 really fast and I don't know what Bella could have done differently, but especially that conversation where he's like Quill's two or Quill's only a year and a half younger than you or a year and a couple months or whatever. And then they like have this whole game about playing who's like actually older based on skills. And I'm just like, I feel like it's just very flirtatious. And I just feel like, and part of this is my own history too, is like, I get so offended because this happened to me in a big way in college with one of my former relationships. I just get so offended when people are not ready for a relationship and they know it and they still encourage one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get that a hundred percent. And I guess, I mean, looking at Bella and just how this book has gone so far, I feel like to the reader, it does, it seems pretty obvious that she's not ready to be in a relationship. But as Bella, the way that I was interpreting it from her own first person talking, it just seemed like that was what she wanted, you know, like not saying that that's not a good choice for her, but it was just the vibe that I got from her. Yeah, that's understandable. And maybe I'm, I'm discussing this too soon and jumping to conclusions too soon. One last thought on the topic. She does make a remark at some point in this chapter. I don't want to find it right now. But she says, like, basically that she's using Jacob and his friendship is an added bonus. Just the same way that she was using Jessica to go out to a movie so that she could get Charlie off her back. Like, the whole reason she came up to see Jacob was not because she hadn't seen Jacob in so long. Like, she wouldn't have gone up there if she hadn't found these motorcycles. That is very true. It's not like, it's not like, like, oh... I just found this awesome book of Edgar Allan Poe stories. Oh my gosh, my like one of my BFFs, Emily, loves Edgar Allan Poe. Like I'm totally gonna like bring this to her. Like we're such good friends, and I know that she loves him as a writer. She just happens to know that that Jacob does mechanics and could, in theory, fix this for her, and that she could probably finagle her way into getting it fixed. Like, it's not like she's, like, they're at a point in a relationship or friendship where, oh, yeah, like, totally, like, let's, let's fix this up together. Like, I feel like she, she knows what she's doing. Yes, and it bothers me a little bit, especially given their history, because you, you can, we can never say how much, but at least a portion of why Jacob clearly has a crush on her is because she flirted with him overtly that time at the beach so that she could get the story of what the colons were out of him. Yeah, when he was, like, 15, too, which is just a 
just scummy. This whole thing makes me sad. But this train has already left the station, so I just got to ride along, I guess. Okay, so when Bella gets home, um, Charlie is, like, very cautiously talking to her, like, surprised at how happy she looks. And then when Bella goes to bed for the first time, she says, for the first time in more than four months, I'd slept without dreaming, dreaming or screaming, which is pretty magical. And so, like, I understand that, too, because she wants to keep this this feeling and this mojo going. So, like, of course, she would keep doing the thing that, like, helped her a lot. So I get that. Like, I'm not I don't want to be shitting on Bella. It just I just want people to think about Jacob's feelings. That's all. He is a clearly a main character in this series. I mean, I don't know a lot about what's going to go on later, but people talk about Jacob into Breaking Dawn. He is a, a main character in these series. He deserves some recognition and for the readers to consider, hey, he's a person too, you know, he has his own feelings and... You know, just because he's young doesn't mean that he shouldn't, he, that Bella should be allowed to do this. Or just because he's cute and, you know, like a fun guy, she should be allowed to do this. Yeah, 100%. So Bella goes back to Jacob's the next day, which is clearly a weekend day. I think it's meant to be a Sunday, right? And so very connivingly, she tells Charlie to invite Billy over because Harry Clearwater is already coming over to watch some kind of game. She doesn't even say what kind of game. So um, Charlie's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. So then he does that. So then Billy won't be witness to Bella and Jacob leaving and being gone all day because they go to um, a different town to go, you know, first they go to the dump to look for parts and they find a few and then they go to a different town. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. Hoquame? I'm sorry if that's incorrect. I should have looked it up beforehand. Um, and she says it was more than a two hour drive south in the winding freeway. Before we get to that part, do you own a checkbook? I have owned one in the past and my mom made a huge stink about, it was when I got a debit card in my sophomore year of high school. And my mom made a really big stink about this is how you balance a checkbook and you have to make sure you do it every week. And then I was like, can't we just look online? And then we looked online and it's very clearly all there online. And my mom, not I don't think that she didn't know. She'd just been balancing her checkbook for so long that it was just like, why look online? I do it now. So I did have one. I don't think I ever wrote any checks from that checkbook. I have written checks since then, but I just go to the bank and I'm like, can I get like three checks? And they give me a sheet that has three checks on it. They take $3 out of my checking account, one for each check. And it's like for like when I used to pay rent in person or if like I, I'm trying to think of when I've, I, I've done a few payments here and there where it was like, like, home stuff or like a business where they took checks like big amounts but I've I haven't owned a checkbook since like 2010 
Yeah, I've never owned one, and I'm 25, so, like, clearly I haven't needed it. It's just funny how, like, this was a thing back then, and for our parents, it was such a big thing. Like, I remember my dad would balance the checkbook every weekend, and it's just, like, Venmo has totally, and PayPal has totally, like, eliminated the need for that. It's weird. And literally, like, my bank that I use, you log into your bank account, you click, like, it has, like, your different cards, you click into your visa card so your checking account and it has your digital checkbook it shows what you've put out and what has come in it's balanced for you dang that's badass so there's no reason for me to balance my checkbook because it doesn't exist (laughs) same um so on the ride they get into that whole conversation that i mentioned earlier where they're arguing about age and Bella also, like, has that thing that I mentioned earlier where she describes his personality. So um, this is on page 145. It was a very strange kind of day. I enjoyed myself, even at the dump in the slopping rain and ankle-deep mud. I wondered at first if it was just the aftershock of losing the numbness, but I didn't think that was enough of an explanation. I was beginning to think it was mostly Jacob. Blah, blah, blah. It was Jacob himself. Jacob was simply a perpetually happy person, and he carried that happiness with him like an aura, sharing it with whoever was near him. Like an earthbound sun, whenever someone was within his gravitational pull, Jacob warmed them. It was natural, a part of who he was. No wonder I was so eager to see him. Is this kind of what you were expecting for the character of Jacob? Like, what are your what are your thoughts on his character? You kind of already said, but... I mean, honestly, I wasn't really expecting... Coming into it before we even read Twilight... I didn't really know anything about any of the characters aside from the stereotype of Bella from how people shit on Kristen Stewart. Um, But then we get introduced to Jacob in Twilight. And I remember feeling like he was like a cute guy. Like he was just like, like, like I wanted the best for him. Like he just seemed nice and like really sweet. Um, and I, I, maybe I feel a little jaded in that because Bella was taking advantage of him for the most part when I was forming that impression and I didn't want that to be happening to him. But honestly, like, he is really nice and really sweet from how this description is. And like, from this whole chapter, it's very apparent that that is 100% him. Like, I love this description of him. It just, it made, when I was talking about that I really like him and his character just like really makes me smile. Like this is the exact paragraph that I was thinking about. Like that earthbound sun thing is just like, just super cute. I love it. Yeah. And it's, you know, manipulation or not, we can talk about that again another day, but it's definitely somebody that's really good for Bella at the point she's at in her life right now. And honestly, just a good person in general. Like, this this kind of person, I've met a few people like this in my life, and it's just so easy to be around them. Like, I'm a very anxious person, and meeting new people is very stressful for me. And if I can find someone who can really, like, just talk and keep me... Because I love to talk, but I have to feel safe and comfortable. And, like, finding a person like that who is just warm and just brings out the best and is, like, kind and just just all around a great person, like, that's good for anyone. Yeah. It's so wholesome. Okay. So 
they end up working on the bikes while well, Jacob ends up working on the bikes for the rest of the day and as Bella watches and you know they're just talking but then all of a sudden Charlie shows up because they're going to have a little spaghetti dinner at Billy's house and I just want to say poor Charlie this man's is going through it okay Bella and Jacob run out and they're laughing because they're like tripping over their feet because they're both clumsy and he had grabbed her hand because they had shut the lights off in the garage so that no one could see the motorcycles. So they're just laughing and whatever, and he's holding her hand. Charlie sees this, and he's literally like, Charlie stared at me with wide eyes that flashed down to note Jacob's hand around mine. This man is not cut out for this. He's like, my daughter has been waking me up every single night for the past four months screaming. Now she's dating this guy? What the fuck? <laughs> I... He had pretty much no experience with having a child. And now this is what you get. This is what you're getting. It's a lot. It's just a lot. And she's 18, so, like, he can't really tell her what to do. Not that he would, but I'm just saying, like, it's just a weird... It's not like he's dealing with a teenager. Like, I mean, she is a teenager, but you know what I mean? She's, like, legally an adult. Poor Charlie. (laughs) Ugh. Okay, so they have their spaghetti dinner, and interestingly, the Clearwater family is there, which is kind of our first introduction to them. So I'll read this. Harry Clearwater was there, too, with his family, his wife, Sue, whom I knew vaguely from my childhood summers in Forks, and his two children. Leah was a senior like me, but a year older. She was beautiful in an exotic way, perfect copper skin, glistening black hair, eyelashes like feather dusters, and preoccupied. She was on Billy's phone when we got in, and she never let it go. Seth was 14. He hung on Jacob's every word with idolizing eyes. Couple thoughts. Leah's a badass. It's racist to call someone exotic just because they're a different skin tone than you. Stephanie. I do gotta say exotic is literally the opposite of what an indigenous person is. She's literally native to the land. Literally, you're the more exotic one, Bella. I do gotta say it. I just gotta say it. You are spitting facts right now, Paige. I love it. That's all I had to say. That part, I was just like, I almost shut the book. I was like, I would, it makes me think of, there's a scene in The Office where, um, do you know Rashida Jones, the actress? Yes. Yeah. So she she plays a character who's starting at the the office and she walks in and she's talking to Pam and Michael comes out and he goes, hello, oh, you look very exotic looking. Was your dad a GI? And everyone just makes a very, like, grimace face. And it's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, I would, why would anyone ever describe someone like that? That's horrible. What a horrible thing to say. Like, just because someone looks different than you doesn't mean that they're just like, like, I don't want to say commodity, like I when I when I hear exotic I think of like treasure or like something like just I think of like an object almost. I don't think of a person. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think of a person, but I feel like the whole heart of the word exotic is that it's like different, strange. And you're so right. Like just that word is racist. I feel like in every context that it's used in when it's used to describe a person. And this is kind of off topic, but I just want to make sure the listeners know that 
when I am reading a passage from these books, oftentimes I want to gag or read them in a dumb voice because I'm pissed about what they say, but I already have a bad habit of interrupting my own reading with my thoughts. So I was just like, push through it, push through it. So if you're like, huh, she read that kind of calmly, it's because internally I was screaming. And also, I feel like you've read this so many times that it's like the fucked up parts. You're just like, I can't anymore with this. Like, I already know it's there and it exists and I have disowned it as a part of this book. So we're just going to skip on over it. True, but I also think it's important to acknowledge it, especially because it's your first go around. Yeah, well, luckily earlier when I said I do got a lot to say about chapter six this was point like number two okay good um what was I gonna say oh I feel like Stephanie Meyer also tries to make it seem like she's like being a brat because she's on the phone the whole time I'm like get it girl you talk to your girlfriends do whatever you want you don't want to be at this fucking spaghetti dinner it's a Sunday night you got better shit to do yeah I don't want to be at the spaghetti dinner I love that she's on a landline too. It's like, it has big dick energy. I'm picturing the big phone with the big, huge antenna coming out of it. I know that that's not the case, but that's just what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, I'll picture that too. Um, okay. It ends up being that Bella drives Charlie home and she admits that um, she's going to go back for a third time in three days tomorrow. And um, then she checks her email and there's a an email from Renee. And Bella has this whole thing where she's like, it, she says it sounds like a diary entry and not like she's writing to someone else. And she's like, some daughter I was feeling bad about how she must have been writing her mom for the past few months. But I'm like, eh, you can feel bad about that, I guess. But Renee is just doing that. Like, she's not making an effort to come see you to be like, why are you writing, like, a robot? Like, you know, she just is doing it. Like, Bella's a fucking journal. I know I hate on everything Renee does, and that's because I hate Renee. (laughs) I... So, I'm going to make this point, and I'm going to make... I'm going to put a side note in, but then I'm going to make another point. We look at the way that Charlie has been acting during this whole five-month ordeal, and he is clearly very distraught about it. He knows that something is very wrong, and Bella is not acting the way that she has been as much as he's known, and that she's clearly very upset about this and that things are different. Now, granted, he lives with her, so he gets more of her than Renee does. But... Renee lived with Bella for her entire life, but up until this point, basically. So Renee, of all people, should know Bella's mannerisms and how she talks and just the way that she acts. So it's shocking to me that she, I mean, it's not shocking. I know Renee's character, but it's surprising to me that a mother figure figure who, in this context, who has only has one child who has lived with exclusively her her whole life has nothing to say about how she's been acting because I cannot imagine that Bella is able to put up a front with her with how she types out an email like the way that Bella is acting through this chapter in the last like there's no way she was able to have a, a mask or a guise up the whole time 
Like, I'm sure how she was feeling bled through in those emails. When I texted my mom when I was sloshed on margaritas trying to get our Comcast password so I could watch Halloween Town, my mom knew immediately that something was up. And it was the it was the nicest text. There was nothing misspelled. It, everything perfectly punctuated. But it wasn't the way that I talked. She called me because she knew something was up. Because the tone and the voice of the text didn't sound like me. So it's just like, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me that she would just like, just like, well, whatever, I'm not even acknowledging it. You know, like, I'm just going to keep telling you about my life. I mean, it makes sense for Renee's character, but it's just, it's, it's overall just paints Renee's character in a worse way. Cause it just shows that she doesn't care enough to acknowledge that Bella's going through something. Yeah. I could not agree more with everything that you just said. And this kind of goes into the next little section of the chapter where Bella's at lunch with all her friends. And she makes a comment that's like, I might as well have been packed in styrofoam peanuts for the last four months because she doesn't have memories from this ordeal that she's gone through. And that is extremely concerning. That is a major mental health issue. Like that needs, she needs to be in therapy. She needs to be getting the help that she needs. And her mom, like, literally does nothing about it and you know i'm this is not to say that charlie's like perfect but at least he's trying yeah he the first thing he said was let's try and get you some help like let's like like a professional person who knows what they're talking about let's see if we can do that and bella was like absolutely not we're not doing that but it was the first thing that charlie recommended as far as we know as the readers you know yeah i don't know my note literally for this says um disappointed but not surprised re renee that's what i was trying to get at with that <laughs> monologue also i'm i'm just i'm loving that we just glossed over that i was sloshed on margaritas and tried to get the password to my parents xfinity account so i could watch halloween down it's so on brand for you i feel like the listeners will not even be surprised <laughs> that's the gist of it my mom called me and she was like are you like i just want to make sure that like that's true because I just want to make sure it wasn't she thought it was a hacker because the text didn't sound like me and that they wanted the password and then I explained the situation and she was like are you drunk right now and I was like yeah and she was like are you safe and I was like well I'm sitting in my bed I'm just today's my day off I just wanted to watch Halloween Town and have some margaritas so you know I did get the password so that's all that matters and you watch Halloween Town. Yeah. And my mom is nice enough to, one, acknowledge when the tone of a text is off and calls me. But two, doesn't get mad at me for being drunk on my day off. I mean, how could she? You've earned it. You're right. You're right. So Bella writes a new email to her mom like actually being responsive and commenting on what she's talking about. She does have nightmares that night, but she, you know, she kind of reasons like, oh, I can't like not have nightmares ever again after having them every night for four months. It is interesting though, and this leads into my next point. So in her dream, Sam Yuli is there and he's just like in the corner of her eye. And when she doesn't look directly at him, his shape, his shape 
seemed to shiver and change in my peripheral vision. Sorry, that was a lot of S's. Um, so like, it's just sus kind of in her dream. And then, you know, she's at lunch with all her friends and Angela starts talking about how her and Ben wanted to go on, on a picnic in the forest, basically, <laughs> over the weekend. And they saw what they think was a bear, but they th- it seemed too big. I just got to say, I do, I do got to say, Steph, honey, you're being too obvious. Like, you are hitting us over the head with this whole werewolf thing. Like, really. One of the things that I learned in my creative writing class is that if you if you do too much, if you if you're trying to convey something too much, the readers are not going to like it because it's way too obvious. And I'm just going to use this chapter as an example. Yeah, I feel like the hikers in the store would have been enough by themselves. Here's the thing, though, is that, like I told you earlier, I did not pick up on it. Maybe if this was put in chapters later, but the same chapter, oh, I guess it is technically two different chapters, but it happened, I guess, in the same reading period. So it happened very quickly, one after another. So it was, it is a lot. And there is a like a lot of interaction with the Blacks and also just the Quileutes in general. And also Bella had that dream with Sam Udley. So, you know, like, it's just all like coming at one time. So it's very, very obvious. Yeah, it's, she's doing too much. <laughs> yeah. But also, she has millions of dollars, and I do not. So, who's the real winner here? Not me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, at the table, Lauren, who got this hilarious haircut, so unnecessary for the plot. Stephanie just wanted to be misogynistic again, but, like, it's kind of funny, because Lauren is a bitch. I was picturing, like like two strands in the front that are really long, like like two are boobs, like really long, but then everything else is a pixie cut. I, for some reason, am literally, she doesn't even have like a normal human face to me. She just is Link, the video game character. <laughs> I don't know why, she just is. <laughs> Not what I was picturing personally, but I could see it. <laughs> So Lauren is making fun of Angela at the table. And Jessica kind of is too, right? Or yeah, Jessica sides with Lauren. And she's just saying like, bears wouldn't come, you know, that close to human civilization. And they're making fun of her. And then Bella stands up for Angela and says like, no, these hikers the other day in the store were talking about this. And everyone is shook. This is probably the first time she said anything since like September, which wouldn't be shocking to be fair. That was the vibe that I got, that the reason everyone was shocked was because they literally have not heard her voice in four months. Ooh, that's brutal. Because she does say that even the teachers, like, don't call on her. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, what did they, like, what, like, did they call on her at the beginning and she just, like, didn't say anything? I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, it seems uncharacteristic for teachers to not do that, because teachers always find a way to call on you when you don't want to talk. Amen. They sure do. They always find a way to call on you to read in class the very first day that you have your retainer. <laughs> it makes me think of one of my professors in, in college. It was one of my least favorite classes. It was religion and anthropology. And it was just, it was all 
theory and ethnography, which is just very dense and I I got a lot of opinions. I don't need to talk about my anthropology opinions on on the pod, but um there was just a one particular reading that I absorbed nothing and the professor was like, "Okay, so who wants to give a synopsis?" or like he asked a question where it was like, "Who wants to explain blah blah blah?" and I shook my head no and he was like, "Oh, Paige, you have something you want to say?" I'm like, "I was literally saying no." So I'm not even shooting you. I was like, I have nothing to say. And he was like, you you have nothing to say? I'm like, what were you expecting? I was shaking my head no. That's where you went wrong. You should have just like blended into your desk, stared at the wall. It, he was just a professor that I just had a bone to pick with him. And I just him, anything he did, I just didn't like. And that didn't help the situation. One time I matched with a guy on Tinder and he was like, I'm an anthropology grad student. And I was like, oh, I studied anthropology. What, who's your, uh, who's your, uh, what's it called? Like the person that you study under, like your, your advisor. And he said that professor. And I was like, oh, I definitely had him for a class. He definitely rubbed me the wrong way. And then he never messaged me again. You had to speak your truth. <laughs> Look, I if if he if he liked him enough to want to be studying under him for years, we're not going to get along. So there you have oh, it. Probably for the best. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, grossly, as soon as Bella makes literally one comment, Mike is like, "This is my chance," and starts like. I just yelled at it so loud that it echoed and starts like um, asking Bella all these questions and being like, what'd you do with your weekend? And it's like, really? 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 Well, he knows that Edward Cullen is no longer here, so he's invigored. But my thing is, it's like, at, due to your reaction that you and the rest of the table just had, you know that this girl has been going through it. And the first time she makes a comment, you're going to pounce? Really? Mike has never been my favorite character, so I don't like... I I put him, like, very low in my expectation list, so this has done nothing for me. I mean, I never liked him either, but I'm like... I did stand up for him a couple times last book, Midnight Sun, when Edward was like, I wanted to choke him and throw him against the wall or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's fucking fucked up. But you know what? There might have been a there might have been a little there might have been a little logic to that. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. But also he's being a douchebag right now. It's true. That is true. Let let a girl have her space. Yeah, like let her heal, maybe, because it's clear that she needs to. We all know it. Yeah, well, I mean Look, if if he can't put his two cents in the moment that he can, what can he do? Sorry, Mike. <laughs> so um, the lunch pretty much ends and Angela is gets a moment alone with Bella and she says, like, thanks for sticking up for me. Like, I've missed you. And... 
Bella does answer one of our questions from one of the or from yeah the last time we recorded where she says this is why I'd pick Jessica over Angela though I though I'd always liked Angela more for a girls night movie Angela was too perceptive which is exactly what you said Paige and then Lauren and Jessica walk by and Lauren rudely is like oh joy Bella's back and then Bella has this realization that it is basically a year since she arrived in Forks and that nothing has really changed, even though everything has changed for Bella. But she's, I get what she's saying. She's back at square one. First of all, Angela is so cute. I love you, Angela. I love you so much. Same. Two, why do we have to put Jessica with Lauren? Because Lauren was established from the very beginning as a mean character and that someone that didn't like Bella and was mean to Bella. And I mean, she was, I think she was in the friend group-ish. Like she sat at their lunch table, I think, but I wasn't sure like how good of friends they all were. But like now Jessica is with Lauren and like on her side. And it just like, it just further puts Jessica in this like garbage position as like, well, she's a character. She's she's a mean girl. We don't like Jessica. She's she's someone that you shouldn't like at all. I'm like, why do we have to do that to her? Why do we have to tarnish her name like this? I agree. It's just like, I know high school can be clicky, but I'm like, it's not necessary. It doesn't forward the plot. Like, if you needed Lauren to be rude to kind of like have this, oh, Bella's back moment, fine. But it's just like, there's just stuff that Stephanie throws in that I'm like, misogyny for no reason. And I feel like if I'm remembering from Twilight, there was a a day that they all hung out. It was like Jessica, Bella, Angela, and Lauren. And Lauren was kind of shady through the whole thing. But Angela was 100% on Bella's side or just in at least quiet and not really like promoting the meanness. But the same thing with Jessica. Like, Jessica wasn't siding with Lauren at all. Like, I feel like Jessica was a very open energy and just wanted everyone to have a good time. And now she's, like, suddenly, like, well, we're against Bella. Which, to be fair, Bella did exclude herself from her friendship with Jessica for a long time. But I just feel like, like, with the last section we read, it just, I feel like this whole book has meant to kind of change how the reader is supposed to feel about Jessica, and this just furthers that. Yep. Do you have anything else from this second chapter that you wanted to cover? Nope, we got it all. Damn, I'm impressed. Well, next week we have a little bit of a shorter chapter. Um, Paige is scratching Tina's head, and she looks so happy. Um, so next week's chapter is called Repetition. What are your predictions, Paige? Okay, so I think that she's going to spend more time with Jacob repeating her repetition, you know, fixing the bike, um, having a good time. But also, in a way, maybe it's like the repetition of, like, spending time with a guy and getting, like, kind of sucked into it, maybe in a way. Like, getting sucked into that, this is who I am now, this is what I do. I don't know, we'll see. I think it's just going to be more of her fixing the bike up with Jacob. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I'll be honest. I just skimmed to see how long it was. Don't know what's happening. So your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> we'll see. 
Um, I do believe it's my week to go over the social. So here goes, folks. We are on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at Taft Pod. And our email is Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. You can contact us on any of those, comment, you know, do whatever you want to do. On last week's episode, we actually had someone lovely comment. I'm going to pull it up so I can get their username right. Um, let's see. It was Instagram user Cass underscore Mager. What's up, Cass Mager? Hope I'm saying that right. Um, but they just had really nice things to say. And yeah, we just love that stuff. It makes our day. We love hearing from you guys. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear that too. And as always, please support the Quillute tribe and their efforts to save their, their tribe and their history and move um, to land that is not so threatened by climate change. You can find all of that information at mthg.org. Paige, what do you got for us? So instead of me saying our final words, I wanted Tina to say our final words today. I love that. Get her closer to the mic so we can hear. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Literally on cue. That was so impressive. We will see you next week for Chapter 7 of New Moon. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.